Now, I've had some crazy conversations with people lately about this word called membership. And some of y'all heard me kind of throw that out a little bit this morning to kind of help you guys understand what that means. Typically, this is how I grew up, to be a member of a church meant you got to vote on stuff. Is that how y'all grew up too? And then you became a member of the church. In fact, when, uh, when you would ask people about whether or not they trusted Jesus, they'd say, I became a church member like that was synonymous with getting saved. And y'all know that ain't right, right? And so membership means this. It's a biblical word, and we use it intentionally because Jesus says we are members of the body of Christ. And that membership is not something with rights and privileges. It's with function and responsibility. And, and seriously, if we're going to be a member of the body of Christ, then we really need to have a function, don't we? We really need to have a purpose. So, and the reason we wanted to get us all together, we wanted to get the whole body together. And I'm so proud of you guys turning out tonight. Isn't this incredible? Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I said something this morning about a single local church changing a whole country in Africa. Y'all remember that? Uh, it's because they all got together. They all had one mind and one heart and one purpose. It says in Acts 2, they were in one accord. They were in unity, and they had a purpose, and they got together. Now, some of our advisors, guys on the advisory team, raise your hand so you can, you can see, okay? See, the guys are there. Okay, listen to me. About two months ago, an organization asked us to take on the country of South Africa. And you know what we had to say? We're not ready. But we're going to get ready, aren't we? Because I want to be a part of a church that changes the world. Don't you? Don't you? And so it starts right here and right now with us. So we, we started talking to staff. How can we create this excitement? So everybody got, a, got a, an orange. This is not Debbie White, a Texas orange. This is a, this is a serving Jesus color. Okay? Like orange of the sunshine. So Debbie wants a yellow lanyard. And John won't say maroon lanyard. <laughs> Debbie wants a maroon lanyard too. Okay. Well, we, we might could go with maroon, but it would make, it would have to be garnet. Because that's Florida State's colors. Okay. But because we are, we, we categorize colors, our, our philosophy, connecting yellow, green is grow, orange is serve, and, and blue is share. And so why do we pick those colors? Because in the Bible, it talks about all those colors going with those words. No, it doesn't. We just liked it, okay? <laughs> so we, we just liked it. So we chose this, and we wanted just to encourage you. We wanted to give you a lanyard. Uh, you'll have a name tag when you're in your ministry you can wear. We want you to feel like you're a part of the team because you are a part of the team. You know, what we do together matters so much. Let's give, give you an example. When somebody pulls up in the parking lot for the first time, you know what their number one emotion is? Fear. What the heck are they going to do there? What are they going to do? The first time I pulled up, that was my first fear. Like, what have I got myself into? So I walk in the door and Jim Chisholm recruits me for a, a small group. You know, first thing. I was like, you don't want me in a small group. Except for Jim Chisholm and I started a small group last Thursday in, in my office, a pod. We'll talk about pods in a minute. But it's that fear, and you have a chance to lower that fear. We had people today, a guy today, uh, first time, he was crying so hard after the gathering, he couldn't speak to me. 
He had to go out and gather himself and come back in because the Lord was speaking so directly to his heart. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and, and the wall out there is full of names of people who put their kids in the wall. Uh, some of y'all wanted to put your kids in the wall, didn't you? Yeah. But it just, just praying. And it, so it's all, it's all about, it's not just the musicians that happen on stage. It's not just about the preaching that happens. It's about working with kids and, and, and building the lives of kids. Yesterday, Melinda uh, did an event for fifth graders where she taught them their shape, their spiritual gift, their heart, their ability, their personality, their experience. Fifth graders. And I had a chance to meet with their parents and talk to them about loving them now because in two years you will not love them. <laughs> and they'll become teenagers. And, and, and so the, it's the investment. It's the investment we make. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it for the glory of God. So we want to take you on this adventure tonight and just kind of show you some things we're thinking about, we're talking about, we're being a part of. Uh, Renee, I see Renee Clinkstale over there. Wave your hand, Renee. Renee's leading our prayer ministry right there. Y'all see Renee? She's, she's right there. So y'all don't know Renee. She's new. How long have you and Chip been coming to the church? January 2017. Now here's where it's crazy. 18, yeah, 2000, so about a year. So Renee's husband, Chip, was best friends with John Dunn's brother. Which brother, John? You got Bill. Bill. He's got how many brothers, John? Five. <laughs> and two sisters. Your, your parents did not own a TV, did they? <laughs> Good Catholic family from, uh, from Alice, that's right. So a small world. Uh, I'll tell you another cool thing. The guy playing the guitar today, the new guy playing the guitar, did y'all listen to him? Unbelievable, virtuoso, a professional guitar player. Now, get this, get this, get this, get this. His wife, Leanne, I baptized her in 1993. And we raised our children together. And uh, so to have them in our family, just so cool how God brings things together. Uh, Dr. Richard Cheatham sitting on the front row. Dr. Richard Cheatham mentored and developed Moses himself. So we're... <laughs> so we're... Moses says, I can't talk so good. And Dr. Cheatham says, we can fix that. So that's <laughs> what he did. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But we're all in this together, and it's all part of the wonderful celebration. You've got your guides, and I want to walk through this, and I want to, I want to do what I do best. I'm going to draw on the board. Isn't that exciting? Y'all know when I get the whiteboard out, we all have a fun. So everyone's important. Now, we intentionally want to break the silos of ministries so that we can see this, we're in this together. You know, our hospitality team, they're gonna feed you and they're gonna take care of you and we break the silos of ministry. Now, y'all look at me, I wanna tell you something. Very soon, through a donation made to us, a, a member donated to us, we're gonna have a food truck. Now, it's, that's gonna, that's a, like we're going, what are we gonna do with a food truck? And I told Scott Tidwell, we will not order the food truck until we have a plan. And our plan is to do a couple of things. We want to feed you, but we also want to feed our community. And we want to show up at special events. We want to be visible because people need uh, Jesus and they need somebody with a warm, loving embrace and a hot dog helps everybody come to Christ, right? So this is, this is an area that you might be interested in in serving. If you want to be a part of the food ministry team, Scott Tidwell, he's in the booth. Wave your hand. Scott will be up here later, and he'll be glad to talk with you. This is a way to serve. Now, get this, y'all. At our church in Canada, we had 300 people volunteering in food service. And it was the first entry level for many, many people. 
So many people who yet have trust Christ started volunteering in food service and they came to the Lord. And then they moved on from there to start serving in other capacities. So these are easy entry levels to get people in so they can get a part of the body of Christ and let Christ win them. So we're breaking silos. Every ministry is important. There's not one more important than another one. Preaching does not trump music. It doesn't. Uh, maintenance, clean bathrooms, uh, parking lots, lawn maintenance, all these things are important. Uh, to working with kids, working with students, accounting, leadership, all these things are important. I can go on and on and on. And here's the deal. Every ministry needs a team. Every ministry needs a team. Now, I know I talk about my past experiences at churches, and I want you to know you are my favorite one. <laughs> and I want to share this with you. And Robert and Debbie, they know my history because they're, uh, Robert, is it your parents or Debbie's parents live in Victoria? Debbie's parents live in Victoria. Yeah, yours are with the Lord now, so they live in heaven. Yeah, which is a good... What's that? Yeah, okay. But our church in Victoria, get this, we had a 75,000-square-foot 75, facility with one janitor. We had 40 acres of property, and we paid zero for lawn care. Zero for lawn care. We had four pastors and three secretaries with 1,500 people in attendance. Do you know why? Volunteers. Every member is a minister. Every ministry is important. Every ministry needs a team. Now, it's easy to do that when you start a church, right? It's a little more difficult when you're a 135-year-old church, right? Now, I believe we can get there but it's going to take some intentionality for us getting there. Every one of you, you made the team. Congratulations. Not only that, you're on first string. You're in the starting lineup. Congratulations. Now, some of y'all thought you would never hear that in your whole life, didn't you, Mike Stevens? You thought you would never hear that in your whole life. But you have, and you're starting. You're starting your, we started to get everybody jerseys, but we decided that was too expensive, so we spent a buck on lanyards. Sorry, but that's just the way it is, okay? If you're doing ministry alone, you're doing it wrong. Now, our staff, the people who work here, they, uh, they, they hear this over and over and over. And they get sick of me saying, build a team, build a team, build a team. This is, I'm gonna quote Sean Sivils. Where's Sean? Did he leave there? Sean's over there. Sean says this, yeah, it's easy for you to say build a team because you hired a team, and if we don't build a team, you can fire the team. And he's, that's reasonably true, right, Sean? But the truth is we all have to invite people in. And when you're, we invite you into ministry, we're inviting you into the most important thing you'll ever do. It's more important than any job you may have. More important because we're building lives together. And we're seeing the global glory of God advance together as we lean in and we allow God to work in our lives. Every ministry needs a leader, Every ministry needs a leader. And so there's leaders of teams who build teams. And, and now this is something I learned a long time ago. Leaders set the example of commitment. You know, if I'm not committed, then you're not gonna be committed. And leaders have to set the example of commitment. Uh, many years ago, <clears throat> I had a, a really good friend of mine named Gary Smalley. Y'all ever heard of Gary, uh, Gary Smalley? Uh, writer, author, he was one of my mentors. And, and Tara and I had the privilege of meeting him 
and, and walking with him. Uh, he's with the Lord now. He died about a year and a half ago. And Gary said to me, he said, Scott, he said, the most important thing you could do is raise the bar of commitment to your church. Now, I, y'all, I grew up in a Baptist church. And the only level of commitment was you walked out, you shook the preacher's hand, you filled out a card, and there it was, right? And then you, you might go to church training where you learn some stuff that you didn't really learn or you really didn't want to learn. And then you kind of fell into the church way. And when we raise the bar on commitment, what we do is we raise the bar on expectations. Raise the bar of expectations. Now, I want you to look at this leadership agreement. I've been using this leadership agreement for a long, long time. And this agreement, which is part of our bylaws, says if we're going to be a part of a ministry, we're going to agree to some things. So let me read this for you. I will pray for my own family and the families of others. That's a pretty good commitment, isn't it? Do you know I pray for you guys? Sometimes they're good prayers. (laughs) But I pray for you guys because I love you, and I know many of you pray for me, and I appreciate it. I need the prayer, and you need the practice, so it's awesome. (laughs) We pray for First Baptist Church Wimberley, that we might be the people of God, that we not be a, a country club without a golf course, that we would have a mining movement of God. One thing I've noticed, well, y'all, we were growing last year at 37%. 37%. We slowed down. And, you know, sometimes that's okay. Let me tell you why. Because churches do not grow by leaps and bounds. They grow by ups and downs. And when there's a stalling, is usually a time of preparation for the next wave. Our church in Canada, we, we grew and then we stalled. And we stalled for about six months then we grew by a 1,000 a weekend overnight. You can't sustain that. About 10% growth annually is what you can sustain. And so, but how does the church grow? The church grows by the will of God. We can't make the church grow. Did you know that? That's God's job. What's our job? To be healthy. Because healthy things grow. Healthy things are in unity. Healthy things work together. So we should pray for First Baptist Church. I will faithfully prepare for my leadership assignments. I'll be ready. My daddy said, son, don't you dare get up to preach without being prepared. Now, my problem is, Dr. Cheatham, I'm usually over-prepared. I got more goody than y'all got time. But be prepared. I will agree and be available to others in times of stress or need to encourage one another and to meet, meet the, specific, uh, the specific needs. And you guys have overwhelmed me with that. When somebody has a need in this church, this church rises up and takes care of it. And I think it's amazing. I'll agree. Uh, I, will, uh, I will view myself as a guide rather than a controller. Remember what I said this morning? You have two choices. You can control. You can grow or control. You can't do both. Can't do both. I'm a guide and not a controller. I will be loyal and supportive of my pastor, the church staff, and encourage others to pray for them. So, when somebody comes to you with a negative critical comment about the pastor or staff, what should you say? Pray for them. Don't agree with them. You know why? If you don't say anything, this is what they'll do. Well, I was talking to Richard Cheatham, and he agreed right with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Richard ain't agreed to nothing. He was just standing in the room with his mouth open and his hands in his pocket. He wasn't agreeing to nothing. <laughs> just say, pray for them. Pray for them. That's the answer. Pray for them. I will faithfully engage with the church relationally, financially, spiritually, encourage others to do the same. I will endeavor to keep a positive spirit by squelching gossip with truth and avoiding a negative, critical spirit. Isn't that good? 
I saw a T-shirt yesterday that said, I ain't got time for your negativity. I started to buy it. I started to tattoo it. Because let me tell you what, let me, let me give you a little something I've spun, and our staff's tired of it. Tara's very tired of it. But I created a little phrase. Division causes disvision. When there's division among us, the leaders lose their vision because they're distracted. Do y'all want me distracted? I'm distracted enough already, right? So it's that being in unity together with one mind, one heart. Now, does that mean unity? You just cow down and bow down to everything? No. We're from Texas. We're going to look at everything with two eyes, aren't we? And that's okay, but we can be we can be positive. We can be a disagree with, without being disagreeable and without gossiping and slander. Dr. Cheatham, you want to speak to that? I think I got you. You're having a revival over there in that corner. That's good. You may fall out on the floor for long. I will promote relational, theological, and value-based unity in the church as well as a spirit of harmony. I will share openly and personally with others to build up closeness and intimacy. I will endeavor to handle conflict and love with patience. I am committed to keeping sensitive information shared confidential. Who? You mean, can I disguise them as prayer requests? Where it turns into Baptist gossip? Hmm. If applicable, I will provide on-the-job training for my apprentice leader so they can develop the skills to lead. I will encourage times of fellowship on a regular basis. I will lead exemplary Christian lifestyle and be positive influence to others around me. I will not teach or practice anything which is contrary to the core belief of FBCW as expressed in the FBCW bylaws. I will notify my pastor or appropriate leader of acute conditions requiring pastoral care or counseling. I have or will complete the FBC membership classes and the building life process. That's our connect, grow, serve, and share classes. And I have signed the FBC leadership, uh, the membership agreement and will encourage others to do the same. Do y'all find any of that unreasonable? It's just kind of a good baseline. Now, this is what has happened to me in the past. I've had people who were leading, who were in disunity, teaching heresy, refuse to sign it. This is what I told our leaders. I said, you know what? I can get into a theological mudslinging with them and win. Because they were teaching you had to observe all the dietary laws of Judaism. You had to go and celebrate all the feasts, and you had to wear tassels on your clothing and a beanie on your head and grow your beard out to be a Christian. He said, this guy, one particular guy said, it was a sin to eat a ham sandwich. <gasps> what you gonna do with pulled pork? <laughs> I mean, that's just like, oh my gosh. And I said, you know what? I could have a theological argument, but he will not sign this, and he did not. And we had to say, Bubba, we're sorry, but you can't serve because you, you, know, you could attend but you're, you can't serve. Hmm. This puts us in alignment and agreement. Y'all find that reasonable? Yes. And so that is the covenant. And I'm excited about that. Now, we have values also that define us. Now, I have done you a disservice. So I'm going to do you a service tonight. Uh, about last year, about a year and a half ago, we, did, we went through a process called the game plan. Anybody remember the game plan? And we're still functioning on that because we've not fulfilled all of the game plan. I want to show you some things we've learned as we kind of develop this out. And we, in the game plan, we develop some directional values. 
Now, we have theological values, and that's uh, based on the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message, historical orthodox theology, which is found in the game plan, also in our bylaws. These are the things we agree to. And I'm not going to take the time to teach our, our theology tonight. There's about 11 points, but it's historical Christian theology, uh, orthodox theology. But we also have some directional values. These values help us make decisions about what we will do and what we will not do, how we will function. So let me share these values with you. The first one is holiness. Holiness does not mean growing your hair long and not make, wearing makeup. Some of y'all been around holiness people before, haven't you? And that's what they do. This is not holiness. Holiness is this. It's our response to God with our whole person. He has called us to be holy as he is holy. And you see the scripture there in 1 Peter. And that means that our, we want to, as a value as a church, pursue holiness and godliness above everything else. Everything we do is about Jesus and how we become like him. If you go into my office, I have a whiteboard there, and on the top of it, I've written everything we do is about Jesus and how we become like him. Holiness is a personal decision that has a communal impact. Tara needs me to be holy, doesn't she? Uh-huh. The sisters go back there with their hands and going, amen, amen, preach it, okay? I need her to be holy as well. Because when we're walking in holiness, there's unity and community. Now, can you achieve holiness? Yeah. Christ has given you his righteousness. You're imputed with his righteousness. So we can live as holy people. That doesn't mean perfect, by the way. Do y'all know that? Because you're not gonna be perfect. Can I get an amen from the deacons? Yeah, that's right. Our second one is prayer. Prayer expresses the reality that we are completely dependent upon God. Completely dependent upon God. As we looked at these values in January, I said this. This is what I said. <sighs> you know what? We say we, we're praying, and we have a wonderful prayer team. In fact, we've, we've expanded our prayer team to a few other things, haven't we, Renee? We got more robust with our prayer team. Uh, Brandy was leading. Where's Brandy? She's right there. Brandy was leading the prayer team. And then Brandy stepped in to lead women's ministry. Brandy, wave your hand so they can see you. Uh, or stand up so people want to look at you. There she is. Brandy's leading our women's ministry. Yeah. Brandy and I talked about prayer. She took that on. God gave her an opportunity to women's ministry. She passed it over to Renee. And this is what I said this year. I said, you know what? We say prayer is important, but we have not made a declaration of prayer. That's why we built a prayer wall. That prayer wall cost us about $2,700 for the rocks. And uh, we were just going to put those rocks up by ourselves, but we figured there'd be a lawsuit. <laughs> so we got a professional to stack the rocks. And then we took that beautiful piece of art that Chris Vaughn made for us for the Year of Hope, because that didn't need to go in the back hallway, y'all. It needed to be displayed. And we placed it because Wimberley is a place of art. We wanted to have a prayer wall. And one of the most powerful experiences I've had is going to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem and praying. And I wanted to give that to you as a declaration of that we are a praying church. We're a praying church. And I tried to do it when I first came here. And we didn't get it done, so we got it done now. And I hope it's a blessing to you. Today, we literally have 
Oh, kids, lots of kids stuffed in that prayer wall and praying for them. So use that as a place, a declaration of prayer. And you see our scripture that goes with that. Authenticity. We will live open and honest lives before God and each other. We'll inform the people and trust the Lord in every area of leadership. I don't want to ever catch you guys off guard. So with that in mind, I want to tell you some stuff, okay? You know, a few weeks ago, we had a family meeting where we talked about long-range plan, right? And we showed you the the long-range plan map. Some of y'all didn't get to see it. We'll make it available. Uh, In fact, if one of you guys, Amber, if you'll make a note, we'll have some copies of the of the master plan available for pick up, people to pick up next Sunday, okay? We'll just have them out and you can pick them up and look at them. And we talked about what could be. We didn't vote on anything because we had nothing to vote on. In fact, we didn't even know if Wood Creek was gonna let us do any of this. We had a meeting two weeks with Wood, ago with Wood Creek and they said, hey, we love y'all. Do whatever you want to. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly, Jake set that up and that's exactly what happened. We love y'all. Do whatever you want to. And so this is what I said, I'm so bad. I said, I tell you what, y'all, as we finish out, when we build the places out on 12, that mixed-use retail, food service, office complex, we'll lease y'all a spot in it for your your city hall. They go, we really love you now, yeah, because they meet at a double-wide trailer on the side of of Wood Creek. But all of this, why do we want to do this? Because we want to have a campus... Now, help me with this with ALT, guys. A campus that's a destination where people want to come and they meet Christ here and their lives are built by God here. These buildings are not sacred. They're tools. They're tools. Now, we're moving forward with that, and very soon, we're going to come back to you with a proposal about phase one, what we first want to do with children and students. And Y'all, we can add a little asphalt here and add 97 parking places and straighten out the confusing mess that's out there right now. And so everybody's for that, right? Especially Mary Katie. She's going to kill somebody out there in that parking lot. Yeah. So that's exciting that we can, we can make that, those moves. Uh, we've got a natural place right behind us for an amphitheater. I don't know if we want to build it. That'd be kind of cool to have an outside spot, especially in our beautiful weather. But we're going to find out how much it could have cost, and we're going to come back to you. Don't forget the boardwalk of death. Oh, you know, I was going down the boardwalk of death today, John, and I had on my purse, my strap was too long, and I stepped on my strap. Y'all almost had a guest preacher today. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Joe witnessed that, didn't you, Joe? I'm scared to death. That's right, because he thought, I'm up. That's right. He didn't know how he was going to get me off the boardwalk. He'd have to go get a forklift or something to move my body. Thank you, brother. Just let me go be with Jesus, okay? If it comes down to that, just leave me alone, all right? Okay. Relationships. We're part of a bigger movement of God. Therefore, we will partner through relationships wherever God invites. Right now, we have relationships with about 13 or 14 churches that we're praying with and we're working with. Some as far flung as Denver, as New York, uh, Viva Abundante, a Hispanic church in in Long Island, New York, they are vital partners with us. Tara and I are going to Costa Rica next month to train about 400 pastors. The church in Costa Rica is paying for it. This church is not. The only thing it's costing you is that I won't be here to preach, and you'll, be, you'll have Sean. That's okay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And, and so if you didn't have Sean, you're going to have Richard Cheatham. And when we have Richard Cheetah, we have high attendance, so I can't have him too often. It's just like, really? Okay. So uh, that's, that's going to be exciting. So Tara and I are going to go, and, we're, and then here's the deal. While we're there, we're doing it for the Methodist church, and the Methodists are not like the Methodists here. They're more like the Baptists uh, here, and we're going to be working with the Methodist church. Then there's a whole other group that has churches located all throughout Central and South America that I'm going to meet with their leader as well. So what is God gonna do here? I don't know, maybe God doesn't want us in Africa. Maybe he wants us in Central America and South America. I know that's what Tom's praying for because Tom speaks Spanish and not Swahili. Yeah. And so we don't know, but we know this, we're gonna tell you about it. And it's all through relationships, generosity. All that we are and all that we have is his. We'll give our times, talents, and treasures generously. People, people matter to God, therefore they matter to us. What kind of people? Even Democrats? Absolutely. Now, my parents were Democrats. Y'all know that? They were what's called yellow dog Democrats. If you ran a yellow dog, they were gonna vote for it because it's a Democrat. You know what? God does not hold a political party. You know that? What, what What about people who struggle with sexual identity? Does God love them? Yeah, he does. You know, the last time I checked, God changes people. He changes hearts. He changes lives. He did mine. Didn't he do yours? So we need to allow him to love, use us to love people. We believe in community. We are better together than we are by ourselves. That's why we're having this gathering. We are better together. We're better together. Unity. Unity reflects the heart of God and brings his blessing. In fact, it says this in this passage, behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. The glory which you have given me, I've given to them that they may be one just as we are one and I'm with them in them and you and, and you and me and we may be perfected in unity so the world may know that you sent me and he loved me even as you've loved me. Unity declares we belong to Jesus. And so that's why we have to guard unity through the bond of peace. We have to be in unity, have to be in unity. Now, I want to say something to you. I'm going to be loving, but I'm going to say it to you, okay? I do not control the soundboard. (laughs) I don't. Brian controls the soundboard, and we're working very hard to make sure the sound is balanced and blended, and some days we do better than others. Wouldn't you agree? But I don't control it. Here's another thing. I don't control the dadgum thermostat either. I wish I did because I sweat all the time, but I don't. That's why I got my little fan up there. So when we complain about things like that, all it does is create a spirit of disunity. So pray and pray and be encouraging to one another. And there's a lot of other things you don't understand. If you don't understand, come ask. It is really pointless to have parking lot conversations in ignorance, isn't it? So just ask. Environments. I love this one. This was one that people go, huh? Great environments that are relevant, creative, and fun create space for God to move. I believe that our environments ought to be compelling, that our buildings should state what we believe. You look at the back wall back there. You see all those pictures of people serving? You see those back there? And, and we want to see, I want to see that whole wall full of your pictures of people serving, and you're a part of the family. And to catch, catch pictures of yourselves. 
that you're engaged in that. The signage we use, the way we direct, we're, we're thinking about how can we better create environments that are compelling and life-changing. Compelling and life-changing. Leadership. God delights in leadership modeled after the servant leadership of Jesus Christ. Excellence. We'll pursue excellence in everything we do. Our desire is to build excellence in the people, of God, in, in people for God's glory. Now look at me. Excellence does not mean perfection. Does it? When I was singing back in the day, my voice teacher said, Scott, you will never sing a perfect song. So you should shoot for about a, between a 90 and a 95. But that 90 and 95 needs to be according to your ability, not to somebody else's ability. So I had to practice, I had to work, had to, had to apply myself, had to do that. That we want excellence to be the best we can do. Now I heard a church say this, okay? This church said this, uh, well, we're kind of into the law of close enough. We're not. We don't want to be close enough. We want to do everything for the global glory of God. Why do I say that? Let me tell you why. When people who don't know Christ come to church, they're, they're, they're afraid and they're looking for some reason not to come back. So if things are not good, things are not prepared, things are not done to the best of our abilities, then it gives them an excuse to walk away from Jesus. And heaven help us. We should never do that. I promise you, I'm never going to get up to preach unprepared. I'm not going to do it. It's that important. And, and so our musicians, they practice. Uh, little Johnny Weinbrenner, are you here, Johnny? Over there. Johnny, thank you for singing today. You guys did a great job. Yeah. The whole team did. It wasn't just you, John. It was the whole team. Uh, where's Dan? Dan, where, where's Dan? Is he here? Dan's in the back. Let me tell you about Dan today. Dan at the second gathering, Dan sat on the front row because he built a team that produced excellence. Well, Andrea, Andrea, say, wave your hand, Andrea. Y'all know Andrea. Excellence honors God and inspires people. Y'all see what I'm saying? And so where's our choir? Choir, raise your hand. Okay, there's our choir. Excellence inspires, honors God and inspires people. Singing for the global glory. Have y'all noticed they've had their heads up and their smiles on? And I'm so proud of them. They were subjugated to me leading them the other night. Dan had to go to, to Florida to pick up his father, and I led rehearsal, and they voted unanimously for that to never happen again. <laughs> but I loved working with them. It was a lot of fun. I'm thinking, gosh, when Dan's sick, maybe I could take over the choir. Dan says, no, I got a tumor. I ain't dying, so you don't create that mess. All right. Uh, excellence, okay, I've said that. And I think that's all of them. Y'all have any questions about those? Let me tell you what we're gonna do, okay? Uh, where's Miss Brenda? Miss Brenda, where's Miss Brenda? Right here, Miss Brenda. Okay, Miss Brenda and Tara, are you here? Tara's back there. Back there, Tara, wave your hand so they can. Okay, yeah, thank you. She's so submissive, uh, my wife. <laughs> and it's talked to Scott Tidwell, and I don't know where it's gonna go, but Tara and Brenda have been talking about environments and creating environments in here. And we're going to put somewhere in this room, we're going to write out our values that are going to be on the wall. They're going to be on the wall. Jake, that's Jesus calling you right now, brother. He said, Turn, put your phone on silent. That's what he's telling you. So we're going to put our, our values on the wall so we can see that. This fall, I'm doing a two-part series through our values, what we believe. I'm doing a series called This Is Us, about who we are and what we do. 
and I'm going to preach. It's going to take two weeks because there's 11 of them. I'm going to take two weeks to teach through them. Does that sound reasonable? And so that keeps us all on the same page because people are down on what they're not up on. Now, any other questions or thoughts about that? All right, now I want you to turn to uh, the back page and you look at the, the, as Scott Tidwell calls it, the banana map, okay? Uh, do, we have a, do we have that? Uh, we have an intentional process. Yeah, you see the banana map up on, let me explain this to you. And then I wanna show you something that we're working on and an idea that we have that I think is, uh, I shared it with some pastors and all of them said, this is incredible. This is incredible. So let me share this with you, okay? Banana map. We have our, our four commitments, connecting with God and each other, uh, growing to be like Christ, serving God by serving one another, and then contagiously sharing the love of God in word and deed. Those are the values that go through everything we do, and they pass through the cultural lens of Wimberley. And so we, we're not a church in Austin, right? We're not a church in Denver, are we? We're not a church in Victoria, Texas, are we? We're not a church in Canada, are we? Where do we live? What is our culture? It's Wimberley. It's Wimberley culture. Five marks of culture, okay? And y'all help me with it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a mark of culture and I'm gonna tell you, I want you to tell me something that's Wimberley, okay? Food. Barbecue, Barbecue thank you. Dress. Typically a fishing shirt, right? Um, excuse me? <laughs> that, on the, that on the list, but that's one of them. That's right. Norma Jean, the cedar chopper, okay? Um, traditions. Market days, thank you very much. What else is on our traditions? Volunteerism. Keep Wembley beautiful. I thought y'all had to speak that pattern. Okay, well, you're beautiful, yeah. Okay, what's some more of our traditions? Trail of Lights. What's that? Strong arts. Strong arts. Arts, 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 arts. That's right. And that's, that's, we're very much into the arts here. Okay? Um, let's see. Let me remember. I got five. That's three, right? Okay, here's the, here's the other one. Music. What's the cultural music of Wimberley? Eclectic. It's all over the map. From uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard, Willie Nelson, Robert Earl King, Pat Green, to Austin City Limits, they kind of filter down here, to Southern Gospel, to uh, the Hill Country Band, to the Wimberley Chorus. It's eclectic. So if it's eclectic, what should our music be? Eclectic. That's what we're endeavoring to do, y'all, to use the arts to touch the heart. Here's the last thing, language. Idiomatic phrases, phrases that create language. So what are some of our phrases here in Texas, here in Wimberley? Y'all, the Wimberley way. way. Keep Wimberley weird. (laughs) That's not what I was looking for, but (laughs) keep Wimberley strong, Wimberley strong, yeah. Yeah, they say keep Austin weird, keep Wimberley weirder. That's what I heard. So these phrases that, that help communicate. Y'all, when I'm preparing messages, I try, to, I try to take complex theological terms and make them accessible to you. Yeah, because I could talk about sacerdotalism, right? Or I could talk about taking the Lord's Supper and being baptized. Which do y'all understand? Yeah, okay. 
So it's that, those kind of words uh, that, uh, that, that become accessible. So our language is simplistic and clear. Now, if I was pastoring in Boston uh, at a church outside of Harvard, what kind of language should I use? I couldn't do it. <laughs> Dr. Cheatham, you could do it, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, in my car in Boston, yeah, you know. Yeah, or I would use more um, what we call complex language. But complex language doesn't mean you're smart. It just doesn't. It doesn't. But so that's the, that's the lens. And so you think about this. If we're going to be a church that impacts Wimberley, we have to seize those five cultural nuances to reach them, right? So when you come to our gatherings, you should see it's casual, compelling, communicative, eclectically musical, eclectically musical. And so you see that this is all intentional. Have y'all discovered yet that everything I do is intentional? <coughs> it matters. And then it's thrown into these environments here, and these environments have our groups and our gatherings, weekend gatherings, our disciple-making engine here. And I'm going to draw you something to make even this clearer. And, and what I used to call this is leadership, but everybody freaked out because they say, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are, if you're leading yourself. So I called it disciple-making to make it accessible to you, and that produces missions and ministries, and that's all for the global glory of God. But let me tell you something that we've been working on. Is this helpful so far? Does it make sense? Now you're seeing kind of how it all works together. Now listen, folks, we are not a program-driven church. We're not a personality-driven church. We're not a tradition-driven church. We're not a denominational-driven church. We're a church driven to build lives that honor God all for Jesus. And we're gonna use everything we can <clears throat> as a way to intentionally do those things. Now, I love you. And I, last time I checked, I'm responsible for making sure that you have what you need to become like Christ. Now, whether or not you do that, that's between you and God. My job is to make sure that you're being equipped, equipped to serve, equipped to share, equipped to grow, equipped to connect. We want to give you opportunities to do that. So I was talking to the staff at our staff retreat. <coughs> we started talking about models of ministry. And uh, back in the late 60s, actually middle 60s, there was a guy named, can y'all see this board okay? Do I need to move it more in the light? Everybody see it okay? I was talking, uh, I was reading, uh, there was a guy named Carl George. He wrote this book about church and about creating environments, and he created what's called the meta model. The meta model, M-E-T-A. I'll write that down for you, meta model. M-E-T-A. And what that means is that there's a model of disciple making or creating environments where people will have an opportunity to be like God, become like Jesus. And he said every person needs three environments to do this. And I'm gonna erase this just a second. And what he said in the meta model, that a healthy church is providing three environments. They're, they're providing a group environment where people can gather in smaller groups, say groups of uh, eight to 15 people. And then he says there's a mid-sized model, a mid-sized group, and that has people, uh, say, 16 
to, um, to 50. And that mid-sized group, they, these all have different, different functions, different functions, different purposes. This is more for intimacy, a community, you're feeling like you're loved and you're cared for, kind of a family. And this is, this is designed more for information, where you have a master teacher teaching you information. And then you have a large gathering. Um, and that large gathering, that large group was, you know, 50 plus, And that was for worship and inspiration and gathering and for evangelism. Now, Carl George, he drew this out. Neil, you probably heard of Carl George. He was around Liberty. He was with Elmer Towns and, and those. Get, is Elmer Towns still alive? He's probably still causing trouble, isn't he? He's probably the smartest guys around when it comes to church and church health. But this is what he called the meta model. Now, in this model, I got to thinking about this. I said, you know what? There's some validity here. When I showed it to our staff, because somebody, not in our staff, but in our family, keeps saying, Pastor Scott's going to kill Sunday school. Y'all ain't stupid. I may look stupid, but I ain't stupid. Sunday school is a viable way for people to be connected, right? And it's a very important part. It makes it, there's great advantages using teachers that, that, that study and spend time giving information. But what, this is what's happened historically in Southern Baptist life, that Sunday school becomes a mid-sized gathering. That's what it is. And if there's community that happens in that, it's because you have a leader that's pushing it, but it's not natural. And then, so this is where Sunday school lies. Does, does the church need that? Yes, absolutely, the church needs that. So, so how, since this church has this, why can't we use this? And the answer is we can. And I want to show you how. So what, I, what I've done, and, and I'm not that smart, but I did figure this out, that we're going to do what I call the modified meta model. How does that sound? So that's, that's three M's, okay? That's three M's. Boy, that was worthless. Okay. And I want to show you something that's really, really cool, okay? I think it's cool. You tell me what you think. So in order for your life to be built by God, built by Christ, I think you need three distinct environments. I think you need a God time, a time with God. I think you need a group time. And that's, that's a time uh, with 8 to 15 people. And I think you need a gathering time. And that's, uh, that's 50 plus. You say, well, wait a second, Scott. Wait a second. In that model, you've got God time, group time, and gather time. What about midsize? Do you need that? Yeah. Let's put that right there. Midsize. And then, so you have that, and that's, that's, uh, that's the, the 16 <coughs> to 50, and that's really too big. Probably 25, 30 is probably big enough. And then you have the gathering time. But then you say, wait, wait, Scott, wait, Scott. You know, I've got my God time, I've got my group time, but I also got two or three buddies I like to get with. You know, I got these, these two or three guys that I like to talk to, or girls I like to talk to. You know, and we want to we encourage each other spiritually. We want to study something intently. Where does that fit? And so what I'm putting this in here is pod. 
And that is, that's just you. That's you and Jesus. So I guess that's a group of two. This is three to five. This is um, uh, eight to 15. Uh, Let's just make it easy. We'll go six to 15, okay? Just so you beavers in the room don't freak out. And there's not gaps there. And so you've got God, pod, group, midsize, gathering. If First Baptist Church has these five environments that you could choose from, you'll become like Jesus. Huh. So this is what Pastor Scott's been doing. I've been thinking if we want to be intentional, what we need to do is provide you content that flows through these groups. We need to give you content for your time with Jesus. That's why we asked you to read through the book of Luke and gave you the Luke journals. So you would have contact to read, you'd have content for your group time, for your God time. That's all I, we also provide things like open windows, or Jesus is calling, or those kind of things. We make those devotionals. That's from time to time, I will write a devotional. Did did y'all know that? Because why? Because we love you, that's why, and we want you to have content. Now some of you say, I don't need no content, I got the Bible. Awesome, are you using it? Are you in it? So you have the, you have the God time. And then our, our second class, grow, our grow, grow experience, step with, we teach you about God time and how to have, have a quiet time. But what we teach, that's why we ask you to go through all four of these classes so you'll be prepared, so you'll know what to do, so you'll know how to live. It's the basics. And so then we provide content through the group time. Now, here's something I've discovered, and y'all just bear with me, that in the church, we have mid-sized gatherings, and that's our Sunday school gatherings, right? Did y'all agree with that? And we, have, we are blessed to have incredible, gifted teachers in our, in our church, are we not? And they study, and they prepare, and they work, and you know what? I could tell them what to do, but they ain't going to do it. Do you know why? Because they're leaders. So what they're doing is they're preparing curriculum that is God-honoring and useful. And these, usually in a church, about 10% of the church has the gifting, the teaching gift. Okay? But we, can, we want people in groups. And about 75% of the church has what's called the shepherding gifts. They can take care of people. They can, they can facilitate. They can lead discussion. So this is what we do. I have the teaching gift. Wouldn't y'all agree I have the teaching gift? <laughs> It'd be kind of bad if you didn't, but I do. Okay, I know that. That's my top gift. Leadership is my number one gift, just so you know, because I've taken the shape test. My number one gift. And my second one is preaching and teaching. So we're providing content to our groups. If you want to use it with me teaching on DVD or video, that you can play it with content teaching that you can lead a group discussion that'll, that'll fulfill the purpose of your group time. Does that make sense? Totally. Now, if you say, well, I don't want to use you, that's fine, we got Right Now Media. Use anything on that. Well, yeah, I don't like Right Now Media. Well, come and tell us what you like and we'll see if it's okay. If you're gonna do something new age and creepy, we ain't gonna let you do it. 
Okay, so we're not gonna tell leaders how to lead. We are gonna give you guides to leadership. Are, are y'all with me? Y'all, I will never force you into anything, ever. But I will love you, and I will lead you. Lead you. Debbie, I made sure I enunciated that real well, okay? Lead you. All right, so we wanna provide content. Now, what if your God time and your group time and the weekend teachings and our gathering is all aligned? Is that helpful? So that's what we're doing. We're providing this. Now, a few months ago, Tara and I did something for our house. We did what's called HelloFresh. Y'all ever heard of HelloFresh? Okay, let me tell you what HelloFresh is. In fact, there's about 12 companies that do this now. It's pre-prepared meals. You go online, you select three meals a week, or I think you can do more than that. Can't you do more than that? You, you, you can do more, you can do less. Andrea, how many do y'all do? You do three? Uh, so Tara and I did three, and we would get these, and this, they, these, this box would come to our door every week on a Thursday, typically, and it would have everything we needed for three meals. It would have a, a vegetable, uh, a couple of sides, a main course, and Tara would select it. You know, Sometimes she asked me what she wanted to eat. And we'd select it. And here's the thing. We had to pull it out and we had to prepare it. We had to chop up all the stuff. We had to grind the stuff and, and do all that, okay? So Anita told us about something called gobble. Tell us about gobble, Anita. What's gobble? And it's delicious, isn't it? It's, it's fresh food and it's all together. We used to call that a TV dinner, y'all, okay? <laughs> but this is a fancy TV dinner. This is all fresh. Now she gets it, she gets it like this. Now, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Hello Fresh. Here's what we want to do for Baptist Wimberley. We want to give y'all Hello Jesus. <laughs> that we give you a content box for every sermon series we do. That you'll have a God time, a group time, and a gathering time. Every series we do it. We're going to give it to you, okay? And so that's what, that's what we're doing. And now I was talking to pastors about this, and one pastor said this. Well, that's a good idea. I don't see how that's sustainable. I said, it's not unless you prepare. You have to plan. You can't be sitting at your house on Saturday night at midnight going, what in the world am I going to preach in the morning? It don't work that way. So what we do is we plan a year in advance, and we're praying for you, and we're thinking about you. What does this church need to be healthy? What do we, and if we're in the middle of something and we feel like God wants to go someplace else, we'll pull that and put another series in. And we're, we do this because we love you. And we want to give you a content box that all you have to do is pull it out, prepare it, and enjoy it. Does that make sense? And that's loving. That's loving. And it's tied to every series. So next uh, two weeks from now, we start the book of John. We're looking through the seven signs of John, the seven miracles leading up to the resurrection. And it happens, the resurrection ends on what Sunday? Easter. Ha, isn't it amazing how that worked? Yeah. And so we're preaching up to Easter, and so we're going through the book of John. That's why we have the journals of John available, and we've already done the videos for John. Then we're going to do Moses. Uh, now, I was traveling to Alabama to have, to have our videos recorded. It's a lot of time, not a lot of expense, just an airplane ride, but a lot of time. 
uh, we contracted with a young man from Alabama. He's taught us how to do them. We're going to start doing them here in Wimberley. So we're going to start doing them here. He's going to edit them, and we're going to do them. And it's, it's very economical. And this helps us to have HelloFresh. And you say, well, Scott, what about Sunday school? What about my pod? What are you going to do for that? HelloFresh don't give you no appetizer. HelloFresh don't give you no dessert. Does God will give you a dessert? No, there's something wrong with them people, right? Because we all want something sweet. So here's what I'm suggesting to you, okay? Your pod time, your three or four buddies that you hang out with, that you love, that you hold accountable, and you, you find an appetizer. And you can find it on Right Now Media, or you can talk to any of our pastors, and we'll help you find. Maybe it's like my pod. I'm meeting with guys that are business leaders and we're doing a, a, a discussion on how Jesus led people. Jesus on leadership. And it's, just, it's fun. It's invigorating. It's an hour long. They got to go to work. I got to go to work. Get out of my office. Let's go. And we're doing it every other week. We're not doing it every week. We're doing it every other week. Now, right now in my group time, we're not using my videos because we're doing something on marriage intensive. We're doing marriage matters. Casey and Elizabeth are in that, and it's going well, isn't it? Uh, Casey, wave your hand at them. So you see Casey Mock right here, Elizabeth. How long y'all been coming to church here? Six months. Six months. They came from Oakwood Church, and I want to tell you a story about them. They started attending our church online. They joined our church without ever attending our church because they did it online. Is that crazy or what? These young people today, my word. And we love these guys. And, and they, they've come into our lives. And, and the plan is that Terry and I have started this group. They're going to take the group, and Terry and I are going to start another group. And we're going to specifically target young couples. That's what we're because we're young and we want to hang out with young people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm realizing I could be every one of them's daddy in the room. So, anyway, so w- there's this. Now, so pod is your appetizer. What's your midsize? Mid-sized gatherings is your dessert. So your Sunday school time is your dessert. Where you have gifted leaders like Mike Stevens and, and Pat Warren and others, who, others of you who teach Sunday school classes that can give the sweetness of God's word to your people intentionally. Now, do our Sunday school teachers, do they want online? They can do that if they want to. But Sunday school teachers are going to do what they want to. So, well, what if we want to use Lifeway? Use Lifeway. It's fine. Use anything on Right Now Media. Use something else. Use, uh, Mike, I don't think you use a curriculum, do you? You just kind of teach out of the overflow of your life, which is wonderful. And it's, uh, it's dessert, okay? So appetizer and dessert, content that builds your life. Does that make sense? Does, is that clear to you guys now? Now, I've been trying to talk to you about this and trying to show you, but I think... This became clear to me last week because I was banging my head against the wall. Why don't these people get it? And I saw HelloFresh. And so now, am, am I going to take this idea and I'm going to market it and push it out to other churches? No. No, because other churches don't want my content, but I am going to teach pastors how to do this. Because I tell pastors, you know, there's got to be a shift from you being a cook to you being a chef. And to have the skill of properly feeding your people 
with gourmet meals that are prepared, prepackaged. Does that sound good? So why am I sharing this? This is a serve night because the army cannot serve unless you're well-fed. Did you know that? Like the uh, army travels on its stomach. When George Patton uh, conquered Europe, he made sure that the supply lines were always maintained so his forces could have adequate supply for them to fight the fight. And that's what we want to do with you. Now I'll give you a couple little tips, okay? If you're a leader of a ministry or a group, I believe this is already on our website. Help me with Joe. If it's not, it will be. That we have a leadership pipeline on our group. It's me teaching leadership lessons that's available on our website. Is that right, Scott and, and Joe? Yeah. And on that, there's 50, 50 uh, leadership lessons that from me that are two to three minutes long. You can go online and watch that. We also have leader lifters. When I do, every time I film a small group curriculum, I give you leader lifters. Like, how do you deal with difficult people? What if you have somebody in your group that talks all the time? How can you keep them from talking all the time? What if you have somebody in your group that's very needy? How do you help them? How do you decide on content? Are these any questions you guys have had? And so we're providing these things for you, leaders, leader lifter for you. I, I can't go to every one of your groups and sit down with you and help you. But what we can do is we could provide content at HelloFresh that will give you instructions on how to lead your group or how to lead your ministry. Now, let me say this. If you're working with kids, you're a group. You're working with students, you're a group. You're singing in the choir, you're a group. If you're playing in the band, you're a group. If you're working with guest services, you're a group. Every ministry we do is done on the basis of groups. And we're all together for the global glory of God. Does that make sense? Okay, now I want to go to the next section, is that to create momentum. Let's define the win. How do we know that we're winning? Now, we've talked about team, and we kind of set up a team spirit in here. How do we know that you're, uh, we're winning? How do we know that we've, we've won? And here's some things that I've thought through. That in our gatherings, we want to create a God-honoring environment that people want to return and bring a friend. Every weekend, we're thinking about how can we create an event that's inspirational and motivational that people will want to come back to and bring somebody with? Because people come to Jesus best on the arm of a trusted friend. Now, we could send out a mailer to everyone in our area. And you know what kind of return we'll have on that investment? 0.3%. We could put out signs on our road. And you know what signs on our road? They're important. You know what science do? Create awareness. What brings people is you. People come to Jesus best on the arm of a trusted friend. Y'all ever heard of the church Willow Creek Church in Chicago? I was at a leadership intensive with Bill Hybels, who was the pastor there. He's no longer the pastor there. That's a whole other story. But I asked Bill this question. I said, hey, Bill, how much do you guys spend on advertising a year? This is a church of 25,000 at the time. I think they had a $45 million budget. He said, $10,000. What? He said, yeah, it doesn't work. Advertising doesn't work for church. Works for other things, but work for church. You know what works for church? You do. You work. 
Now we use advertising to create awareness. But you guys are the hope of the world through the power of the invitation and to create an environment that's compelling and that's desiring, that's inspirational that you want to invite your friends to. Now right now, looking at where we are in our growth curve, we're kind of stalled. We peaked up to about seven, seven something and now we're kind of hovering in the mid sixes, upper sixes in attendance. Uh, maybe that's all we can reach here in Wimberley. I don't think so. Do you? Do you know the Christmas weekend, we had 1,600 people here on this campus? Easter, a year ago, we had 1,300 people on this campus. So if we get contagious and we start inviting, we start including, and you say, you gotta come. You say, our pastor, we have HelloFresh at our church. Hello, Jesus. And I tell you, the fastest growing segment of our church right now is our online participation. About what, about 50 online today, Scott? Watching online? Pretty incredible. Wyatt, you actually watched online today because he was traveling back from Oklahoma. So he, he was here. He was just not here. So he didn't get any hugs today. In fact, Wyatt probably needs some hugs. So y'all hug Wyatt. You know how much he loves it. <laughs> <coughs> so it's going to be up to us to be the hope of the world. Am I concerned about us being a large church? Nope, not I'm concerned about us being a healthy church and being a church that makes a difference in the world all for Jesus. So how do you define your group when? Creating a space and place for people to connect and grow together. God's word is always central to what we're doing in group life. Group life is not a counseling session. It's not a time to get a people's opinion. God's word guides our discussions. And of course, in the mid-sized gathering, you already know what that speaks. And then for our God time, creating a divine personal encounter with God that leads to a life of worship, that leads to a life of worship. 